Hi everyone, I'm Emily Crow, Multimedia Editor at Progressive Grocer. Welcome to Top Women in Grocery, a podcast that focuses on the trends, topics, and interests that move women forward in grocery retail. We're spotlighting extraordinary women in the grocery industry who have had successful careers and interesting lives and are also making a positive impact in their workplaces and in their communities. We have a special episode for you today where we're going to do something a little different. We couldn't have a Top Women in Grocery podcast without our TWIG program, and with the awards nomination window currently open, my guests and I are going to discuss that program a little more in depth and talk about what we're looking for when we judge Top Women in Grocery awards nominations. Here with me today is Bridget Goldschmidt, Managing Editor of Progressive Grocer and the true heart and soul behind TWIG, as well as Senior Editor and my fellow TWIG podcast host, Lynn Petrak. Bridget and Lynn, thank you for being here. Thanks, Emily. Thanks for having us. Yes, definitely. Absolutely. I'm excited to talk a little bit about TWIG. You know, last year, I know you kind of pulled the curtain on what everything looks like behind the scenes, and I'm hoping we could go a little more in depth and just have a conversation about what we're looking forward to and everything behind TWIG. Well, Bridget, to start, I'm hoping you can tell me a bit more about your background here at Progressive Grocer and with the Top Women in Grocery program. Sure thing, Emily. Well, I joined Progressive Grocer 20 years ago um, after working at a few other trade publications covering other industries. And I was here when the Top Women in Grocery program began, although I didn't get deeply involved in the event side of things until later on. Um, I actually started out doing a lot of the behind the scenes stuff keeping track of nominations as they came in, serving as one of the judges, hunting down headshots and stuff like that. Then I gradually got involved with more aspects of it, like recruiting speakers for um, our event and programming content. Wonderful. And Lynn, what's your history here at Progressive Grocer and your... uh history with TWIG? Well, Bridget, who, uh, you know, deservedly won a special TWIG award at our, our event in Orlando in November of 2023, um, she was one of the editors that brought me on, boy, I think it was, it was probably in the earlier years of TWIG when I was freelancing for Progressive Grocer to be one of the judges. So I've been judging it for a long time. Um, and after freelancing for, you know, more than a decade, I think for Progressive Grocer, I came on staff uh, going on three years ago. So that's kind of my involvement uh, with the program. And I've just always uh, loved judging it in particular. Yeah, as of I, I am heading into my third year judging TWIG nominations, and I'm very excited to be a part of it again. Well, Bridget, you've obviously, like you said, been here since the inception of TWIG. What can you tell us about how the program began and sort of how it's evolved? Yeah, well, um, the Top Women program began as a way to recognize women in an industry that had traditionally been male-dominated, and it still was, although that was beginning to change. And over the years, uh, we've really seen that that change accelerate uh, with an influx of women into top C-suite positions and into roles once considered um, masculine such as warehouse logistics and IT. And the program has also grown dramatically over the years from tens of nominees to hundreds now. Uh, We currently average more than a thousand submissions annually. So that's crazy. Yeah. (laughs) I still can't believe that. It's wonderful, but it's crazy. Exactly. Exactly. So 
yeah, that that's kind of how the program has changed over the years. And then, you know, we've all spent countless hours pouring over twig nominations, looking for the best of the best. And I think we all have our own process for judging them. Um, Bridget, I'll go ahead and start with you. Can you tell me a little bit about what you believe makes a successful nomination? What types of information are you looking for? Sure. Well, for my part, I'm always looking for stories, you know, detailed examples of what makes a nominee a top woman. And I like specifics with statistics, mm-hmm. if available, along yes. with anecdotes uh, illustrating someone's leadership style and successes. That that really brings it home for me as a judge. Yeah. Lynn, is there anything you can add sort of what you look for and what makes a nominee stand out? Well, I think you guys would probably all agree with me. Like when you know it, you see it because it, it hits all mm-hmm. the boxes. It's got, you know, those metrics that, that are measurable in percentages. I like to see something concrete that you've done because others sometimes it's just a bunch of words, but it's like, oh, you're so close. I just want to see a little bit more um, on what you accomplished, you know. So so there's the metrics and there's the involvement in the community. Um, and it doesn't have to be a, a lot of things, but that's really important when we talk about, you know, people who elevate their workplace and their community. So that's important. And, um, you know, also, like Bridget said, the storytelling. So that really kind of differentiates it for me. And um, during the process, I tend to get a lot of maybes, like a lot. So I'll go back to them three or four times. um, And, and, you know, probably half of those end up going in the yes pile and half going in the no pile. But uh, the ones that we see, we know right away because they have all those. Yeah, I definitely agree on the community involvement. It seems like just that little extra thing that can push a nominee over the edge. And I also think sometimes when I'm reading a nomination, it's almost like, okay, you did your job this year. You did a great job. But what what has this person done to go above and beyond and sort of put themselves in a category that is deserving of a top women in grocery award. I don't know if you guys agree with that, but sometimes it's just that little extra. Yeah, you put your finger on it. Uh, it is the above and beyond that we're looking for. And um, just to mention that we have actually, like this past year, like with last year's program, made the community um, work or the sort of extracurricular work uh, mandatory. Mm-hmm. Because we really felt it was so important. I mean, it was always something that we looked for um, and that would enhance uh, a nomination. But uh, we really decided to make that um, a requirement because of how important we consider it. And organizational commitment, community involvement isn't kind of important, too, when I see um, that leaves off the page when someone mentors somebody within their organization or a member of other groups, affinity groups within their organization. Um, that always stands out as well. And do you do you think we count those as that community involvement? Do you consider those things as sort of the above and beyond? Yes, definitely, definitely. Um, it doesn't have to just be like you know working at a food bank, uh, as as honorable and wonderful as that is. Mm-hmm. It can be any kind of um, activity that you do beyond your job duties. I think that's important to note because sometimes I feel like in a nomination form, people will just leave that blank because they don't necessarily think there's something that counts for it. But I would definitely encourage people to sort of, you know, look beyond and see what else you do, even if it's, you know, 
taking someone for coffee or being a mentor to people around them. I think there's so much that that we as women do that we don't necessarily think of as above and beyond, but might be. Yeah, very right. good point, Emily. Well, and sort of conversely, Lynn, I'll start with you on this one. What what have you seen that makes a nomination less than stellar that maybe, you know, you think it is that it's so close, mm-hmm. but it's not quite what you're looking for. Sometimes it's short ones. It's ones that I think maybe they were looking to be succinct and they were too short and I'll write notes and I keep my notes for a long time afterwards. I write like handwritten notes on there like, oh, I wish mm-hmm. there was more here. Um, they're a little bit short. Um, and also, um, you know, kind of if they're if they're if they're missing those community involvements, if they're missing those organizational involvements, uh, those are the ones that come up short for me. And um, it doesn't have to be really crazy long, but um, some of them are kind of, of short and I would like to see people expand on a little bit, especially the sphere of influence question, because um, mm-hmm. I like to read into that one, too. Uh, what's their sphere of influence within the company? So um, I kind of like there's some stories that you can find in that section as well. Great. Bridget, any thoughts from you? Yes. Uh, well, I totally agree with Lynn um, that some uh, nominations, unfortunately, uh, lack detail. Um, and I agree that they probably meant to like not sort of overburden us with uh, a really long submission, but then we don't get enough of a sense of the, of the nominee. And um, vagueness uh, is is a problem with uh, unsuccessful submissions as well. Uh, if they don't go into enough detail about what uh, the um, the nominee actually does, um, and um, missed opportunities to provide that kind of concrete data that we like, uh, like if you're describing somebody's um, success with a certain program or um, something like that, to be able to like actually give us specifics about how it helped sales or how it helped the company uh, is really um, helpful for us when we're judging. And um, I would say that um, it it is better uh, to um, have your nomination as well-ordered as possible, Mm -hmm. uh, like with the... um, community or extracurricular um, activity, if you place that in the section of the form where where um, that's designated, it, it helps it to stand out. You know, we don't have to like sort of like, you know, look through the nomination in order to figure out like uh, what, what fills that box, if it's right in the right box, um, which is not to say that it's an automatic failure. If you don't do that, it just makes it easier for us as, yeah. as, as judges to find that information and, and pull it up. Like you said, there's a thousand nominations. Exactly. It's, it's exactly. So it's, I mean, we do read them thoroughly. We work really hard at this, but when it's in the right spot, boy, that just really stands out. Exactly. And I would just also add that a, a clear writing style mm-hmm. to be as clear and concise as possible. So like, you know, try to avoid repetition uh, and to not include like really confusing uh, inside jargon or mysterious acronyms <laughs> that you might have to go and look up. Right. I mean, we're just editors, folks. You know? Yes, yes. We, we, we understand the jargon but yes. you right. know, we don't know every term of art. Right. <laughs> Avoid the word salad, right? Yeah, which I, exactly. I try really hard on my own to do, and sometimes exactly. <laughs> right. 
just try to bear in mind that that we're not necessarily experts in whatever particular field you know this person is. So um, if you could just make it as easy as possible for us to figure out what it is they do and how successful they are at it. Um, that would be appreciated. So, yeah, I would say keep it keep it as clear as possible. Provide details, but you know, try to avoid repetition, uh, just to keep us engaged and interested. And try to provide as many concrete examples and um, and and data statistics as possible. Yeah, definitely. I think these people are also telling a story. They're telling us the story of this person and why they think that we should choose them as a Twig Award winner. So I, I love that, Bridget. And I, I totally agree with the concrete examples and the numbers. If there's ROI, if there are percentages, it just, it really stands out to me as something that, you know, that person has really made a difference. And those are the things we pull out when we do the write-ups, right? We Because when we do the write-ups for our issue that comes out in, in June, we, we, we have those bullet points. And that's usually what I pull out. If I'm going to pull out something, I'll pull mm-hmm. out something about the community. And I'll pull out those concrete examples. And then later, when Emily and I go look for guests for the for the Tap Women Grocery Podcast, that's when I look for the stories behind it. Yeah. So uh, we, mine these, we mine these submissions all year long. For a year. Exactly. Ever, yes. Give us the best of the best. Right. And as editors, I mean, we naturally gravitate to stories. So, you know, <laughs> that's uh, that's kind of like what we what we really enjoy most. So um, absolutely. I have to say, Bridget, something I love about reading a submission that you have judged, mm-hmm. Bridget will highlight yes. and write something that stands out to her. She'll say, this is great. This is wonderful. Mm-hmm. And finding those nuggets in those nomination forms is like, oh, like, thank goodness. Like we, we are seeing exactly what makes this person stand out. And I think that's well, really important. You know, from the editorial point of view, when mm-hmm. I'm reading a submission, I'm thinking how, when we make, the, when we do the write-up, which Absolutely. things, you know, are we going to be highlighting? And so mm-hmm. as a kind of guide to myself or, you know, um, I'll say like, well, I like this. I think yeah. these are, are really great. And I would highlight them if I did the write-up, which is not to say that anything else in there couldn't be used as right. well. But yeah, it's just like a sort of a little guide. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like if if I'm reading something and I can't pull out any, any specific uh, bullet points, then it probably is not a successful um, submission. I agree. Great. Well, Bridget, I am hoping to pick your brain a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, could you give us sort of a rundown of important dates for this year's awards program, maybe touching on deadline for nominations, you know, when the nominees will be notified if they're chosen, and then we can right. talk a little bit about the gala. Right, right. Well, as you had mentioned, the program is currently open. And we're accepting nominations through February 29th. So we've got that that leap year day. <laughs> so we have that extra day. <laughs> and um, the honorees and or their nominators will be informed by mid-April. And the honorees will, of course, as, as Lynn mentioned, be featured in our June issue. Mm-hmm. And this year's Twig Gala will take place as part of our Grocery Impact event, which runs from November 6th to the 8th this year in Orlando, Florida, 
and will um, also include informational sessions featuring some of our top women and content geared uh, toward our, our honorees. Wonderful. All right. Well, unless either of you has anything to add, I think that was a great rundown of everything we look for. And uh, I hope this is helpful to anybody looking to nominate a potential top woman in grocery. We know there are so many out there and we're excited to honor them again this year. It feels like we just had our gala and just celebrated, but we're ready to roll on another year. Absolutely. I think the only thing I might add, Emily, is that um, one thing that I've like that I've seen over the years are more CPGs doing it, more startup businesses. Mm-hmm. And there's some really cool startup businesses. So I would encourage people if you think, I don't know if I if I'm the right type of company to to apply, apply because um, some of the really mm-hmm. cool things we saw were from newer companies. So that would be the only other thing right. I add. And um, I might add that um, don't be shy about nominating yourself. If there's nobody else to nominate you, we do accept uh, self-nominations. That's perfectly fine. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, just uh, if you feel like you've got a story to tell and you feel like uh, you um, have what it takes to be a top woman, go for it. Tell us all about it. Perfect. All right. Well, Bridget Lynn, I know we talk every day, but this has been wonderful. (laughs) I appreciate your insights and for being here. And hopefully uh, this is helpful. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks, Emily. Thanks, Bridget. For more information about the Top Women in Grocery podcast, please visit www.progressivegrocer.com slash podcast. You can also subscribe to this series wherever you typically listen to podcasts, including on Apple, Google, and Spotify. If you happen to have any ideas for a Twig podcast topic, I'd love to hear from you. Email me at ecrow at ensembleiq.com. See you next time. And thanks so much for listening.